Hello, hello. God bless you. This wonderful Tuesday. It's Papa John Arcovio from Orange County, California. Thanks so much for joining us again on this lovely Tuesday. Again, as usual, if you want to go ahead and hop in and uh, type into the comment stream your name, where you're listening from. Uh, we normally have listeners from Africa, from India, from Pakistan, from South America, all parts of the world, as, as well as various states of America. And we're just so thankful for our listening audience. Thank you for just tuning in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, that's going to be... Uh, 12.12 p.m. Eastern Time. So uh, we just feel like this is a good slot time. And uh, we really, really enjoy uh, connecting with each one of you. So just type in that comment box where you're from. Feel free to share this with friends and family. Um, we welcome Pastor Isaac Bhatti from Pakistan. Brother Isaac and myself go back a couple years to crusades that we had done in Pakistan. Oh, my goodness, Isaac, it's been probably 20 years, but welcome, Isaac. So again, uh, if you want to share uh, this with your uh, streams, or your different parts of social media, please feel free to. And I'm just going to mention something before we invite our guest on. And I just want to mention about our upcoming um, prophetic teaching. It's going to be a six-week teaching that we are going to be doing that we want to invite you to be a part of. And so this is going to begin um, uh, on August. Uh, on February the 21st, I'm sorry, I thought I had it ready, and I apparently I don't, so I'm going to uh, put this on the screen here. I was actually talking with our, our, um, our speaker coming up, and I forgot to do this, but anyway, so I put on the screen there uh, the link if you would like to know more about our prophetic six weeks training. We're going to be starting it on February the 21st, and we want to invite you to be part of this. It's going to be hands-on prophetic mentoring and training, as well as there will be a curriculum that we'll uh, mail to you. And you don't want to miss this, but this is coming up um, on uh, uh, very soon. But um, it's... Um, here, I thought I put that in the comments. I didn't, so there we go. Now it's in the comments. Okay, without further delay, we are going to invite our uh, guest, Aaron Ambrose. God bless you, Aaron. Thank you so much for joining with us. I apologize for the delay. I had to take care of a few things, but we're so glad you're coming to us from the East Bay of San Francisco. And I see it's raining there. <laughs> it's raining. It's been raining for about three weeks. Have y'all floated away yet? Well, <laughs> I, you know, I'm a contractor too. I do a construction business, and it's been really challenging 
working on these jobs in the rain because when it rains, you can't really work outside. Wow. Well, we know California needs the rain, but we're, we're like at the point where we're going to say, okay, Lord, thank you. We, we appreciate the rain, but um, go ahead and let Arizona have some. <laughs> I know we've, we've gotten a lot of rain here in, in South County, and it's not uh, common for us. But I was reading yesterday that a lot of the, the negative um, uh, socialist-style news media and people that want things to be bad because they want to they want they they market in fear and control but um uh they don't want to admit it but our reservoirs are getting close to being at normal full levels and that's a good thing for california so we're thankful for that but today we're going to just have a discussion here with uh with aaron and just um we're going to just kind of talk a little bit about prophetic worship, prophetic worship. And, um, you know, I want to start off with a prophetic word that was given just recently concerning this current move of the Holy Spirit. And that word was in the next wave of worship, watch for greater spontaneity in our expressions of love and for an even stronger prophetic flow in worship. And that's one thing that I really, really believe is um, vital, and that is to have a prophetic flow in worship. And I know, uh, Aaron, you uh, have have really uh, given yourself into developing this sensitivity. Uh, both you and your wife are very. Amber is very uh, prophetic, very prophetic in your flow and what you do, but especially with worship. And that's one of the reasons why we invited you to come and to, to um, uh, help us with our worship during our Eagle Summit Conference this year. And it was just a beautiful thing to watch God just flow through you. And, and you know, uh, what are some of your thoughts, Aaron, when it comes to that importance of not just spontaneity, expression but also uh, the importance of being in a prophetic flow uh, when it comes to worship i think what happens is a lot of the times you know we're so stuck in this mindset of just going to church having 15 minutes of worship having your five minute video and getting to the message right away but i think the importance of being in a, a, a area in an atmosphere and setting of worship where you don't worry about time. You just let the Holy Spirit take over because that's where the prophetic is released. When we spend time, when we go deep, we don't want to just go ankle deep, but we want to be fully emerged and immersed under the water so the Spirit can take us somewhere. And I believe at those times, there's things that are unlocked, like words of knowledge, prophetic words, corporate words. It's ministry unto the Lord, and it's flowing, flowing from our hearts. Because at the end of the day, when you're in the word, when you're in prayer, these songs will flow from our hearts. You know, that's right along lines of what the Bible says in Ephesians 5 and 18 through 19. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves making music to the Lord in your hearts. And I, you know, one thing I really 
feel like we should be very, very careful to emphasize <clears throat> in our times of gatherings is understanding first and foremost that we are there for him. And we appreciate people that come in the come in and, and we love people and, and people are valuable and all of that. But first and foremost, when we gather, it's about him. It's about connecting with, seeking, and, and flowing in his abiding presence. And I have a saying in the services that we lead that when Jesus shows up, he's got the platform. Yes. Nothing else matters. Not announcements, not the message I prepared, not nothing. And, and we've all seen it. And it's very grievous to me because when, when you're a prophet or you're prophetic, many times within services or conferences, you sense the emotions of God. And I've been in services where the, the music was first class. It was absolutely top-notch band, some of the, the best vocals, lighting was perfect, all the video, you know, video walls and, 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 and video interjections was timed. It was just all as far as an experience on your sensory perception and your emotions, it was professional, top-notch. But I felt the grieving of the Holy Spirit, the sadness of God. Because it wasn't worship. It wasn't drawing near into the throne room of God to be touched by his presence. It was, it was performance. It was a presentation. And, you know, when we're talking about psalms, of course, I believe psalms are songs that are tied to or keyed on scriptures. Scriptural psalms. Uh, songs. Then there's hymns. Hymns are... Hymns of faith. Many hymns were written during times of persecution and difficulty and expressed the hearts of what people were going through and their longing for God, the longing for his presence. Then, of course, spiritual songs is that where not only are you moving into that spontaneity of just singing your heart, making that music in your heart to the Lord, but it also sometimes can move into praying in the spirit or singing in the spirit. I know there's a, uh, a, a group, Bethel, uh, Jen Johnson at Bethel. You know, a yeah, lot right. of her worship, you can see this portrayed to where she just gets lost. And it's, it's like she's just no longer in a room with thousands of people. She's just before the throne room of her father. And it's a love song to her God and even praying in the spirit. And so this is so vital. And has this been your experience with um, in leading in worship? Is this what people are hungering for or desiring? Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing more and more, you know, people wanting to just really press in to what the Spirit, because a lot of the time at the end of the day, when we don't make room for Holy Spirit, it's not going to happen. You're going to walk into a church. It's just going to be like, just like any other place. You're going to get your five to ten minutes of worship, and that's going to be that. But the Holy Spirit is grieving. He's wanting us. I remember in the Old Testament, we know one of the greatest songwriters of probably whoever lived was King David. And he was out there in the field. He was a shepherd. He was singing unto the Lord new songs. He was writing songs from his heart. Everything that he experienced and his love for God was flowing through him like a river. But the Israelites didn't understand. They had to keep bringing burnt offerings. And I, one of my greatest 
my favorite verses is actually found in Psalm 51, where he says, you do not delight in burnt offerings. You do not delight in these sacrifices, but you delight with a broken heart, a broken and a contrite heart and a spirit. God wants us to sing his praise from our hearts. That's where things begin to get unlocked, I feel. And we cannot leave the Holy Spirit out of the room because when we invite him in, anything is possible in worship. Amen. Amen. So good. You know, I do believe that that's the fulfilling of the prophecy that was given in Amos 9 and 11 when the Lord prophesied that in that day, he said, I will restore the fallen house or tabernacle of David and I will repair its damaged walls. And from the rooms, I will rebuild it and restore it to its former glory. And part of what we do uh, when it comes to prophetic worship is that restoring of the house of David, yes. the house of worship. Amen. Amen. Well, I know that you had a very unique upbringing, Aaron, and um, you was born in Eastern Europe <clears throat> in a small country of Hungary, and your family actually escaped communism before the fall of the Berlin Wall, and your father and your grandfather on both sides of your family were pastors and church leaders. Yes. And so you grew up in a minister's home, and of course, coming from that line of generational pastors, you know, I know you understand what it's like to be set apart and called to a higher calling, to see the kingdom of God advanced on earth. And so I, I know one of the strong desires that just emanates from you, it just comes from when, when I am around you and we're just having dinner and just talking, you have such a heart to see people respond to that sound of worship and uh, the spontaneous atmosphere of, of presence that leads to the prophetic being released to the church on the earth. And, and you lead the worship there at Harvest Rock East Bay under Papa Che An outside of San Francisco in Byron, California. So why don't you talk a little bit about about that, about your heart for the church and the body of Christ to come to that full understanding of entering into relationship and, and, and um, you know, going after that voice and heart of God through prophetic worship. Well, that's great, John. I, I truly believe that the Father is looking for those who will worship him, as it says in the book of John, the Gospel of John chapter 4, when Jesus met with the Samaritan woman and he kind of prophesied over her. He was waiting to see what she would say. And she goes, you know, I don't even have a husband. But he goes, no, you the man you are with is not your husband. And you have had five husbands. So he, by prophesying and releasing the prophetic, led to that whole village being saved. And that's what happens in worship. When we prophesy from our heart, when we sing from our hearts, the Father longs for our worship. And he's looking for those who will worship them in spirit and in truth. And I believe that there's a lot of people that even in the church world that don't understand, you can't just come on a Sunday. The worship that flows from within you has to be from Monday through Sunday. Come on. Being in the work. <laughs> As it says in Romans chapter eight, Woo. walk in the flesh, that will lead to death. But when you walk in the spirit, that's going to lead to life. Come on. believe that there's a new hour there's a new day, and the prophetic is being released wherever we go, in our homes, in our cars, in our workplaces, not just in the church setting. 
Because God is releasing his remnant to rise up through song, through worship, through prophetic declarations. And I believe that's going to happen in 2023 because it's the year of the extraordinary. Amen. Wow. Whew, I felt the Holy Spirit when you were <laughs> getting anointed there. Yes. Come on, preacher. <laughs> you got that preacher coming out of you. <laughs> that's the anointing is like you could have the greatest singer come to a, a conference of 10,000 or sing in front of people and you may not feel the anointing, but you could be in a small setting of 25, 50, 100 people. And if that prophetic minister or the worship leaders in their word, if they have an intimate relationship with Christ, you're going to feel the level of anointing like never before. And that's where the prophetic is released. And that's where God is taking his church. Amen. I believe that. That, of course, is our heart. That's our cry, our heart's cry for him, for Papa God. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. We're establishing a prophetic house here in the Costa Mesa <clears throat> area of Orange County. And uh, by and large, people have been spoilt with performance-based Christianity. I mean, I'm right here in the Mecca <laughs> of mega church program-based religion. I mean, I don't want to, I'm not speaking derogatory. I'm just speaking the facts. You've got within 10 miles, you've got uh, Saddleback, you've got Mariner's Church, you've got um, Oceans, you've got, you know, all these different places that, that uh, it, it just seems to, to lend towards the more program-based performance environment of performance Christianity. And some of these places run 10, 20,000 people. And, you know, of course, their campuses are spectacular. It's, it's you know, when I walk the campus of Mariners, I've been around the whole world. I've never seen a campus that was so spectacular just as far as the beauty of it, the architecture. But, you know, I believe what's sorely missing is too many modern day churches have given in to just designing the entire service to satisfy people. Yeah. Short services that are non-confrontational in any way. You're not going to feel any conviction of any sort. It's just going to be, you know, uh, an atmosphere that lends to what I call consumer Christianity, where people treat uh, the body of Christ like, going out for dinner on Sunday. Hey, do we go to Red Lobster? Do we go to a steakhouse? Do you want Mexican? Do you want Indian? Because we got all these flavors out here that they lend to it. It's just, it's just easy, you know, easy, easy come in. And, but I love houses and places that really make it a point to seek after the heart of God. To really become sensitive to him. I live my life for that. Yeah. Every day I've trained myself. The moment I become conscious and I wake up, I turn my heart to him. I begin singing a song in my heart. And a lot of times that song is a song I sing over and over. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Of course, yeah. Music's not my gift, but I, I love singing melodies in my heart. 
because it just starts today off with becoming aware of his becoming conscious of the presence of God. And of course, and I drive, you know, most days I can drive anywhere from 120 to 170 miles around Orange County. And I'm all day long just singing melodies in my heart. I have soaking music playing. And it's amazing how people, you know, they, they can sense the presence of God. They, they don't know what it is. A couple weeks ago, I had a, a, a young African-American lady got, got in the car. I picked her up at a, at a um, college campus, and I took her about 25 miles to her house in Placentia, which is a city about 20 miles from Irvine. And um, I only greeted her when she got in. But as I'm driving, I'm just in my heart communing with God. I'm just praying in the Spirit, just praying in the Spirit. I do this all day long, just praying. And all of a sudden, I heard sobbing. I look at my rear mirror, and this poor lady has got her face in her hands, bent over, and she's heaving, crying. Of course, I'm concerned now. I'm like, sweetheart, are you okay? And and she finally says, I, I, I'm feeling something I've never felt before. I said, that's the presence of God. And that's God showing he loves you. And I begin to just speak words, prophetic words to her and minister to her. And when I finally got to her place to drop her off, I put the car in park and turn around. I said, can I pray with you? And I begin to pray over her and speak words over her. But, you know, that's what it means to be carriers of his presence. We are carriers of the glory of God. And it's the mind and will of God for us to impact every atmosphere that we come into. And, and I believe that's a mighty sword that you carry when you live, as you said, Aaron, with that song in your heart making music to the Lord in your hearts. I love that. And, you know, I love the fact that it's not just in the Old Testament. We have the book of Psalms. You know, we have Song of Solomon. We have Ecclesiastes. We have all these great books. But if you look in the New Testament, it says even Jesus and his disciples, when they were taking the Passover, the supper, the cup, the bread, they, they begin to sing a song. Um, did I get cut off there? <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. You're fine. And I believe that's, sing a song. Where, that's where the Lord is leading us. How symbolic and ironic that Jesus, knowing he would go to the cross and die, before they broke the bread and they ate mm -hmm. and they drank, he was singing with the disciples. Why? Because the Lord is longing for intimacy and communion with him. When we dine with the king, it's going to be a fine expression. And he's going to take us deep in the rivers of Holy Spirit. And that's where he reveals his love. That's where we encounter him is when we dine with the king. Amen. Come on. Come on. Ooh, that's good stuff. Dining with the king. Amen. Amen. We welcome uh, Max from Italy. God bless you. We're glad you're on. Uh, uh, Richard Holmes, Paul Richard Holmes Jr. from Honolulu, Hawaii. <laughs> so glad you are here. God bless you. But but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Just you know, it's it's feasting on the presence of Jesus. There's nothing. Oh, whoo! There's nothing like the presence of Jesus. Nothing can compare. You know. Coming to know him and the intimacy of his love. You know, it's amazing when, when Moses was 
was going up the mountain. And the Bible says in the beginning, he started off with the 70 elders. But they could only go so far. Then they came to a plain where they stopped. And the most beautiful part of the scripture is there they had a feast with the Lord. Yeah. They, they just sat down and ate and fellowshiped and supped with Almighty God. Everybody was afraid of. But here they were sitting down, just hanging out, breaking bread. Then, of course, only Moses and Aaron and the two sons, Nadab and Abihu, continued on to the next level of the presence of God. But I think those times of abiding in his presence, just fellowshipping his presence, just resting in his love, feasting, <laughs> Whew, feasting with him. Amen. Well, go ahead. Go I feel like, you know, and there's been even there's some people watching right now and you may have felt like, you know, I've been longing for that. I've been wanting that. I've been desiring to go deep in his presence. It just takes a few minutes. It takes 30 minutes. Just close your door, go to your room or go into your car. As a matter of fact, I'm in my car right now because I forgot about our meeting today. I thought it was <laughs> at 7 p.m. tonight, but it's OK. I made it. And this is this, this is a divine reason why I'm here with uh, Papa John to just encourage somebody today because he wants to encounter you today. He wants to invite you into the supper, into the table, to have communion and to dine with the king and to have intimacy with him because the heart of the father really longs for his sons and his daughters. Mm -hmm. And he wants us to speak and to sing. And there's going to be a new sound that comes. There's going to be a new wave. That comes from your heart. Yeah, no, 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 no. And he will speak over you because you are a chosen generation and a royal priesthood and a holy nation, and you have been set apart for such a time as this. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, I told Aaron, in closing, why don't you just go ahead and speak that as a prayer over those listening and just speak over them anything you feel uh, as we close this broadcast. Lord, I thank you so much. I, short 30 minutes we had with your presence, God. And I thank you for Papa John and everything that you've spoken to him over for this year, God, that you would just really help him to accomplish your will in his life, God. Him and Jennifer, God, as they do this ministry online, God, I pray dozens and dozens and hundreds of people would flock to this, God, because they would want to grow in you, Jesus, that they would want to know you more. And I pray for those watching today, God, that you would just encounter them wherever they are right now, Holy Spirit, no matter what they're going through, God, in their finances, in their family, in their fields, in their faith even. Some of you have maybe even felt like you've lacked and you're like, I, I don't have this or I can't get there. God's getting ready to uh, release you today. He's going to release you to step out in faith. He's going to release you to be able to worship. He's going to release you today, right now, for the extraordinary, because it's the year of the breakthrough. Amen. We keep losing his signal, but I received the year of the breakthrough. So go ahead and finish. <laughs> Thank you for this time. It's the year of the breakthrough and the year of the extraordinary. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much for making this happen. I'm so sorry 
I hope it wasn't my communication that, that messed you up on the timing of this, but it's we're just, my- it's okay. We, we forgive you. We love you very much, but uh, we just appreciate you. We appreciate the oil of anointing you carry. And um, I just really believe that uh, you carry a mantle that's very similar to what Rick Pino does. And I'm just really believing that God's going to, Really expand your borders here in 2023. Uh, We, as the body of Christ, desperately need the oil you carry to lead us into his throne room, to lead us into those intimate times with his presence. And thank you for carrying the heart of the Father. I wish I could just clone you and Amber. (laughs) But we just love you and and we just rejoice in, in what you're doing for the body of Christ there in the East Bay of San Francisco. And, uh, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me, and I'll do it again anytime you ask. Okay. God bless you. Have a great day. Love you.